to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How you? From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, all the places you get your good and your bad podcasts. If you are a part of the Libsyn Network, you're another uh, podcaster over there. If you want to find us, we are part of that group. We love collaborating and sharing ideas and other things with folks over there. You want to reach out to the show, Local Bar Media. Over there on the Facebooks, shoot us a message that way. And uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, Chad Alexander Online is where you can go and do that. So uh, for the listeners that may not know, if you don't follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you may not know, uh, Maria has very, very graciously <laughs> agreed to do the Welding a Family podcast again. We did our third episode last night. I love doing that show with her. Number one, I, I just I'm nuts about my wife, and she's awesome, and she is a lot better at this stuff than she thinks she is. And it's always a lot of fun to be able to to do that show. We we kind of talk about sure some family things, but some other stuff. It really, it's a show for anybody. If you haven't given it a shot, uh, please check it out. It's on Spotify and iHeart. It is not on iTunes yet. There is something new with iTunes now where it takes like a couple weeks. So all three of the new shows will hit at some t- at some point. Um, but I'll make sure I post them over uh, on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's coming. Uh, but go check that out whenever you get a chance. I had, uh, I had a chance to go. I think I talked about it on the, the last show a couple shows ago. Uh, I had a chance to go see our friend Allie Johns uh, and another one of her showcases that she did. Here in the Columbia area is fantastic. I love I love seeing that. I also, shout out to the aristocrat. If you're in the Columbia area, I have not been there since it was whatever that bar was before. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was like we would play, the bands would play. It was a pretty seedy joint back when we used to play in there. Uh, that that bar has got uh, some of the the neatest personalities working behind the bar. Great drinks, great drinks. I had an old fashioned. Extremely good, old fashioned. I was, I was, I was really impressed. the The old fashioned is kind of it's not necessarily my go to drink. It it is, uh, it is one that if it's if usually if it's cold outside, anytime around Christmas time. Oh, I want an old fashioned. the 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 blend of the whiskey and the cinnamon just kind of does that for me. Um, smells like Christmas, but every now and then. Uh, I, if, when I'm wanting some some kind of whiskey drink, every now and then I'll I'll go towards an old fashioned, and I see them run the gamut. They're they're a lot to me like Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys is the uh, is the benchmark for me if you're a brunch place. You can have a Bloody Mary that's that's through the roof, got burgers and chicken wings in it. That that doesn't make it a great Bloody Mary to me. It comes down to the sauce, man. It comes down to how how that how that 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 bloody mary mix it's got to be it's got to be right you can have all the flavors in the world you can have all the garnish and accoutrement you want that bloody mary mix better be right when i move that chef's salad to the side it can work a straw in there and taste it that's what i'm after that tells me if you're just after the instagram flair or if you're serious about bloody mary's um and we do. I will tell you, uh, um, Cafe Strudel here in West Columbia, out of all the traveling I've done, still to this day has the best Bloody Mary I've ever had. No kidding. Uh, but the Aristocrat does one heck of uh, of an old fashioned. It's a lot like that for me. It's, you can have all the the garnish. You can you can spritz it up as, however you want. But if you make it with the, with the right whiskey. If you know how to blend everything together where it's not sticking out, the flavors aren't sticking out, they're really blended together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an old-fashioned. They do a, they did a heck of one there. But I got to check some comedy out. I went, uh, they do a 5 o'clock show on Thursdays. Man, you want to talk about a cool place to go at 5 o'clock and, uh, 
and uh, catch a little bit of comedy. Listen, to some people do some open mics. I think there's some there's some musicians playing too. Yes, that was a pretty cool place. And, and, and by the way, if you're if you're an after work crowd wanting to meet somebody for for lunch, I mean sorry for after work drinks, it's a cool place. You can go in there and easily listen to the comics. You could also easily sit in the other side. The bar is divided in half. You could easily sit on the other side if you just wanted to talk. Maybe catch a little bit of the music that's playing. Shout out to the aristocrat. They do a very very good job. Really really impressed with them. Um, and as I come across some of the, the other places over the next few weeks, I, I want to be able to showcase them. I'm, someone told me that I'd be pleasantly surprised with the amount of comedy and the, uh, uh, each night here in Columbia. I know, I, one of the things that I know, and we've brought up on the show that I've had other comedians on, the, the, the congregation of comics in Columbia is something that I, I can't explain. And it reminds me a lot of what Mark Rapp talked about with me years ago when he came to Columbia and was looking for, uh, he wanted to make jazz more prominent here in Columbia. And there were some struggles and there were some infighting, there were some battles because the problem was there were some world-class jazz players already here that felt like this boy was coming in and kind of marching on their territory. And through the trials and tribulations they went through, you can now see jazz, world-class jazz, almost any night of the week, maybe even any night of the week here in Columbia, South Carolina, thanks to the work that, yeah, Mark Rapp did, but also the way the community worked with him. I don't think the comedy community in Columbia is far behind. I see a variety of comics. I mean, I see a lot of the same ones out there working hard and hustling, but we've got different types of comedians. It's not like you're going to go somewhere and just see all the same kind of folks. There's a good variety um, in, in some of the shows. It's the reason why Allie and them put together so many different comics. You're not getting uh, hit over the head with the same straight-on act. It is, it is very different each time. I'm, I'm really impressed with what we're seeing. And so as I go out and, and find more, I'll be sure to, to kind, of, um, kind of point you to it. Hope you enjoyed our uh, interview with the Town Street Corner Thieves. I, I want you to know it took all of my energy not to say Tehan Street Tacos. I don't know why. I like. It, I had to concentrate to not say that the entire interview. I knew I was going to say it. I knew I was going to say it, and I talked to Don Merkel about it, too. I was like, Don, you know I'm going to end up saying this. And he was kind of like laughing and making fun of me. And so the thing that kept me going the whole time was like, Don's going to hear it if I say it. I can't, don't say it. And I actually went back and listened to that episode to make sure I didn't say it somewhere in there. There was one time I was close. I was close. I don't know if you caught it. Oh, it is, uh, the months are flying by. It is almost March, which means we've got, uh, a lot of crazy things going on here in our family. You can hear about that everyone welding a family, but so does everybody else. It seems like weather's finally getting good. Um, people are starting to kind of come out of hiding If you live down South, there's this green skeet everywhere called pollen. It's everywhere. i washed my car today. It's already back on my car. It's just, it's absolutely insane how that stuff works. And then, you know, it's almost April. It's almost tax time. Tax time. The IRS agents going to come around. Agents is a funny word to me. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Agent is, it's funny. Like agent is one of those words that we throw around way too easily because the word agent has got some authority to it. Right? Like you think about an agent, you're thinking of like a special agent. You're thinking of somebody who's a, who's a cop. Guns and badges come with the term agent, usually underneath a, a trench coat, right? Agent is, you know, secret agents. These are people that that have something. They're 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 the they're the chess pieces in, in somebody's in somebody's game. And they're they're not some stinky pawns. No, no, no. They 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 move in different ways. Agents are agents are important. We 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 throw around that word like like, like real estate agent. What what's real about real estate? There's nothing real about it. The real estate agent is a professional name for middleman. Your house is very expensive. Would you like to pay more for it? Get involved with me. No, listen, I'm not hating on any of you real estate agents that may listen to the show. I just think it's funny. We give so much clout to real estate agents. The agents, you got to you got to go through the agent. I'm like, do you have to? No, not really. But they do get to make an obscene amount of money. By jacking up the price of your house a little bit. 
Then the, the other one, insurance agent. That's another one that's always got me. Like we've got, uh, you have to have insurance on your car, right? And, and and it's just like you have to. You it is illegal, at least in South Carolina, to drive around without insurance on your car. You can't. You have to have insurance on the car. So these guys basically just sit around as their agents. And my agency, please. And I've got I've got a family member that's an insurance agent. Love her to death. No hate thrown towards you, Nancy, but I, it just drives me crazy because what do they do? They sit around and make tons of money by doing stuff you should be able to do when you go online and fill out a form. And don't even get me started about the help from them. I've had, I've had an issue with our insurance agent. I don't, I don't like ours. I'm not gonna call them out, Maria. Go ahead and don't get. She doesn't like it when I do that. I'm not calling them out. We still have them. But they have been the they've been the worst. It's been one of these days. I'm not going to do it now. Maybe when we don't have them, I'm going to tell you the story about what's happened since October with my car. It's just a scratch, just scratch on my car, and the, the ridiculous. I'm I'm ending up fixing it by myself. I'm I'm ending up fixing it myself because I have insurance. I it's just it's that's a whole nother thing. But insurance agents, yeah, there's the one. But the wor- the one that gets me the worst is is is, is is IRS agent. IRS agent. Who in the world? First of all, whoever woke up one day and was like, you know what I want to be? I want to be an IRS agent. One day. Nobody wants to do that job. And then there are people that, well, somebody's got to do this job. No, nobody, nobody has to do that job. Just don't go do it. I know it's the libertarian side of me that comes out about the theft that is taxation. It's ridiculous. You, you, there's not there's not like an indeed listing. Indeed, I, I, indeed listing for IRS agent. Who in the world, who in the right mind would sign up for that? I mean, I get probably if you really like to cheat on your taxes, you do it because nobody's gonna look at you if you're looking at everybody else, right? I don't I don't know. You must just hate people. You've got to hate people in order to be an IRS agent. All right, enough enough insane rambling. Um, which is every other, every other, uh, episode of this show. I want to talk to you about something today, uh, that's, that's sitting heavy on my heart. Um, and we've got, again, we've got some great interviews coming up over the next few weeks. Um, but I, I had kind of a break in, in a couple of things right now. And I always hate it. I was like, right when we get started, we have like a break or two, but, uh, I, I wanted to have a show because something is kind of heavy on my heart and it, and it's been there for a little while. But something happened to me the other day. I was uh, on my on a way to my daughter's soccer game uh, down in Hardyville, South Carolina, which is the, uh, normally I would say is the middle of nowhere. It's it's on the way to Savannah. If you know anything about the South Carolina uh, Low Country, it is on the way to Savannah. It's about thirty minutes away. I mean, middle of nowhere, and I would say a place that none of you know. Except for the fact that the Murdoch case is going on, and it's about twenty minutes away from Hardyville, so you uh, you probably know exactly where Hardyville is. But it was a good drive from Columbia, and uh, my wife and my other daughter Sterling couldn't go with me. They had uh, something that they had to do, so I was alone with my cup of coffee and uh, my thoughts. And I, I, I got sent something from a, a buddy of mine, a buddy of the show, Mister Billy Riot, who's been on the show. Quite a few times, and he uh, he does Soda City Riot. He is also, well, if you're in the Columbia area, or actually all up and down the Eastern Seaboard, it seems like they're touring uh, quite a bit right now. Soda City Riot is a is a punk band that's local to Columbia. They play a lot of shows around here, especially the Art Bar if you're ever over that way. But they, or I think, what's the other New Brooklyn? I think New Brooklyn's got a lot too. But they they uh, Billy's a great guy. Uh, he did something a while back that I was always very impressed with, and it was about his sobriety. And let me tell you, when you work all day, then you go out to play music all night, it's real easy to say, I'm not drinking tonight, and then just realize about 20 minutes into the show, you're lying to yourself. One of the things, it is hard. It's hard being a musician that is battling any kind of those problems because you're going to wear people actively are doing the things you're trying to get away from and you're wanting to entertain them. And the way that they want to pay you back is in in, in one of two ways, if not both, they want to cheer for your music and they want to buy you drinks. And it's really hard if you want to give that stuff up to think that, uh, that's a, that's a thing you want to keep doing. But Billy, Billy's done that. And he's, 
he's uh, he's kind of gone into it, uh, and uh, Billy's a pretty tough guy, and he's uh, he's a pretty headstrong guy. When he when he's got a goal, he he really works hard to to make it happen. Um, and it it doesn't surprise me that his his band tours as much as they do, and it certainly doesn't surprise me that he's done so well with his sobriety. But he sent something to me the other day, and I put it in. Uh, put it in the car. I'm talking like I put in a tape. <laughs> I was seriously just sitting here thinking about driving in my 85 Cutlass Sierra, sticking a homemade tape into that Joker, as if that's the way we did podcasts back in my day. We used to mail each other cassette tapes. That's what we did. That's how we did it. We just here. Here's the latest episode of the local bar. It's on eight track. I never had a car with an eight track in it. My grandparents did. It was super cool because you. You pulled down the the back when radios had dials. You would pull down the dial to slide the eight track in. And that was the most that was the most secret agent crap I've ever seen before in my life. I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, I turned on the podcast and, and listened to it, and but Billy had sent me kind of an advanced copy of it. Advanced copy, yeah, advanced copy. I'm gonna stick with that, and uh, I listened to it. And I was floored. I was absolutely floored. It, it blew me away. Um, I don't want to really want to talk about it because I don't want to steal Billy's thunder. But I want you to go listen to it. It's a it's an episode. I think he's got it out on TikTok. I'm not sure uh, it, if he's if he's like anything <laughs> like me. He's probably gonna it's gonna be a couple weeks before it's on iTunes. Okay, I may want to check Spotify. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'll, I'll try to put some links to it in the show. Or in the show notes on the website, but it's called "Beauty in the in the Breakdown." Beauty in the Breakdown. I want to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what the show's about because that's for Billy to do. But I, I want to, I want to, I want to give you a reason why you need to listen to it. And I also want to address, and, and I guess this is kind of what I wanted to do today. I want to address that thing that makes you think you shouldn't listen to it. Billy's show is not evangelical, um, over the top at, at least, but it tells a story and it talks about things that are going on within within our country today, our world today, and where religion plays a part in it. That's interesting, right? I, I don't know if I've already caught your attention with it, but let me go back and remind you. This is Billy, the guy that plays in a punk rock band who does a, a show on on you know on another network. Called the Riot Hops podcast, where they don't they don't really filter anything there. Who was on my show the first time, and is the reason I quit editing because I couldn't bleep out all the words, and I finally just said, "Forget it." My my show is going to have explicit content on it from time to time because I'm going to be friends with these guys. I'll tell you the other reason why it probably surprises people. Billy and I both exist in a community, in the music community. And inside that music community, there are two things that you are not supposed to be. You are not supposed to be conservative, and you are not supposed to be religious. And if you are, you get classified in one in one place or another. Now, I am a guy who has made it very clear that he does not like those classifications. I can like this stuff and like that stuff. If you're telling me that that means I can't be of your group, then that means I'm not part of your group because y'all are nuts, and I, I can believe what I want to believe. And I've always, I've never made any apologies towards my religious beliefs. Again, if you're new to the show, it's very well known that I am a Methodist preacher's kid. My dad has been on the show before. He's made a couple of other stops during some people's interviews on here. Um, I, I make no bones about it. I don't really go pushing my beliefs. I'm not very evangelical to an extent. And I will tell you to an extent that bothers me. There's times that I feel like I should be a little bit more. I just don't know how to do it. Why? Because I'm a people pleaser, man. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to chase anybody off. And so what I've done throughout my life, my, my span of 45 years, is I've developed an ability to maybe take lessons or, 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 or I don't want to say teach, but live lessons or show examples or, or be who I am and tell different stories that sometimes, yes, sometimes have their roots hidden into the Bible. And I'm okay with the fact that I've done that, kind of. 
There's a part of me that doesn't like that because there's a part of me that make that, that, that turns to myself and says, are, are you just afraid or are you embarrassed or do you not really, really want to go as hard as you need to to make your point in a time when the world really needs it? I'm not going to today. And the reason I'm not going to today is because the lesson that I would want to give today, I heard on Billy's new show. And it absolutely blew me. I was so impressed. I wish, I wish I could do something as good as that episode. But I am going to talk about something that I have full licensure to talk about. I, I, I didn't go to seminary. My dad did. Whenever I talk about things, especially, um, I'll, I'll always mention if it's my dad's point of view, I'll, I'll say it. Hey, this is something I learned from my dad. If it's not my dad's point of view, I make sure that I, I say that because I'm a preacher's kid. And somebody will think, well, that's what Mike Alexander thinks. No, it's not. It's what, it's what Chad thinks. But I didn't go to seminary. I, I'm no theologian. I can't really talk about this kind of stuff. But I, there is, I actually hold, though, one of the highest degrees in something. Um, and I don't really talk about it on the show. But I've seen a lot of stuff going around social media. And because of some newsworthy items that Billy talks about in his show, I thought, you know, if I can do anything, I want to open up the door and throw out the welcome mat by telling you something that you you might know but aren't 100% sure of. And I want to make sure you understand this because I think in some in some ways because like what Billy and I see in our life with uh in the music industry how people will very quickly push you into corners and then not listen to you. I want to make sure that it, that something is understood so that you don't miss out on something like Billy's new podcast. I was talking about that that thing that I have the highest degree, and I do. It is the highest degree you can have in this one subject. And that is the business of the church. Now, I've never run a church. I've never really worked in a church. I've volunteered. Never been a preacher, never been a deacon, never done any of that, never been a choir director, I've been an acolyte. Yeah, I've done that. So why is it, why is it that I hold the highest degree in church business? It is because I am the one thing that you are not. It is because I am a preacher's kid. And I am one of the most jaded people that ever sits in a church and continues to sit in a church knowing how jaded I am watching what's going on. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to understand that why I am a faith-based guy, I, 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 just, I just am. I understand a lot about what goes on in good churches and bad churches and middle-of-the-road churches, and I've seen and been a part of them all. And I've had backstage passes to every dang one of them. I want to tell you something that Billy starts to address in his show. I want to say it here a little bit more hardcore than he did to make sure you understand that the welcome mat is completely out for Billy's show. Here it is. The number one thing that has hurt the church, the overall spread of what goes on throughout Christianity, the number one thing that has hurt it more than anything else from the day it hit the shores of this country, the thing that has hurt it the most has been the congregation. These are not my dad's words. This is not my current preacher's words. These are my words. And I have a list of things that are five undeniable truths. I've mentioned one of them on my show before. I've never mentioned this one in this way. I absolutely know 100% that that statement is true. When I get up to heaven, if I'm lucky enough to go... I'm going to list out my five things when I get to talk to one of the big guys up there. 
I have full faith that they will absolutely agree with me on this. It is one of the things that I have always kept in the back of my mind. It is one of the things that I have always reminded myself so that I don't get deterred from some things. But I I will tell you this again. The worst thing for the spread of Christianity, any part, any part of the Christian religion is the church, the congregation itself. The congregation itself ruins it for so many people. The congregation itself will turn people away. The congregation itself will judge others. The congregation itself will be ridiculous hypocrites. The congregation itself will make you feel bad. They will chastise you. That's what they they will do. Now, I will tell you this too. There are wonderful people in that congregation. There are people doing the right thing, but you're never going to see them because you're always looking at the ones that are the loudest. After that point sinks in, I want to I want to tell you something else. But I need you to understand, especially for those of you, and I'll, I'll go as far as those of you who have been hurt by the church, whose family members may have uh, pushed you away, whose family members or, or or friends may have been bad examples, who people who, who, who the people that have made you feel like you're not good enough unless you do this with your life to come to this church. I want you to know that I feel I really feel for you. And, and, it, and it, it can come from any part of the church. It can come from any part. That is an undeniable truth. It is one of Chad's five undeniable truths. There's, there's absolutely, there's no way for a church to make an excuse or to say that that statement is not true. It is absolutely 100% true. I want to tell you something else about that statement. You can put it in anything that the public's related to. School board, local school, YMCA. <laughs> the, the, the things that get messed up, the bad images we see will come from the people. And, the, and the, it's the hard thing because the people are the, are the heart. They're the motor of every organization that we do. But somebody gets a burr up their butt about something. They can make everybody look real bad real fast. And in today's time... All we're looking for is a reason to say, mm, I don't want to do that. One of the things that that I will challenge uh, friends of mine that want to have discussions with me about religion as, um, as a guy, and I'll, and I'll tell you, look, I don't really get into my, my story. With, I, God, I hate saying that. There's my story with my religion does not matter, okay? When it comes to my faith, the stories around it, what got me where it was, none of that, none of that matters. Because whatever brought me towards my faith, whatever I've been through outside of it, um, is not going to be the same for anybody else anywhere. I will tell you, though, that there was about an eight-year period in my life that I completely walked away from it. I mean completely. Absolutely walked away from it. And I found myself back in it again. What's what's important though is um, going back to what I was saying. When, when people want to have, when they come to me, they're like, "Hey, will you just tell me a little bit? You know, here's where I am in my religion." And and I, and I will tell you right now, I I always make it clear, I don't have your answers. I'm not going to have your answers, but I'd love to listen to what your questions are. And that's basically what it is. But um, but one of the things that happens is that um, it'll it'll inevitably lead into a discussion about your belief and what people look for, which is which is proof. People want proof in it. Now, I've never been one to ever even go searching for proof of something. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Because I would like to, to see something that I can't see. And it's just something I heard from this guy saying one time. Um, this other thing, though, is that uh, I travel a lot. And I travel um, all over the world. And, and, and as I've traveled, the one thing that I always find funny is no matter where I am, there are churches. And there are old churches. And there are places where churches used to stand. And there are temples and all this stuff. And so I, I understand that at least, if anything, the one thing that we can agree about when we look at our entire world and our entire history as people is we believe in something bigger than ourselves. And so I'm okay with that. There are some people, uh, Pendulette. Uh, Pendulette is a is a is a is a is a widely known atheist, and a lot of people think they're atheist. 
They think they're atheists. They're not. They're just agnostic. I don't believe. Atheists is, I am, I did, I am out to prove that this is crap. And there's a, there's a I don't want to say a hatred, but there's a drive to, to, to go against it. But one of the things that I heard Pendulette say one time is that he looks at his mom and dad and what they stood for and the goodness they stood for and the lessons that they taught. And it, somebody could look and say that they were based in Christianity, but you know, you could turn around and, and find it in a lot of other religions. That wasn't important to him. He does understand he wants to live for something bigger than himself. For him, it's his parents. I dig that. I'm fine with it. I'm not I can't save everybody's soul. It's not my job to put my check mark that I saved Pendulette. No, I just dig that. We can exist in the same world, in the same room. He said before, if you're a faith-based person and you're based on faith, I can't touch you. If you're trying to prove stuff by nitpicking stuff in the Bible, we'll go all day long. All right, so he and I are fine. I'm a faith-based person. That's just the way it is. You live your life, I'm living mine. That's the way we go. But one of the things that I do tell people, though, is, um, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and not just in religion, but especially in religion, in your own journey. Uh, don't ever forget this. It is easier to not believe than it is to believe in anything, in anything, anything. It is easier to say, no, that doesn't exist, rather than to put faith into something that you can't hold, see, taste, smell, touch, all that. It is easier. It is easier to be, to be devoid of the conversation of something than to believe it, understand it, and still question it and go through all that. One of the hardest things about anybody that is religious is that it seems like what you're trying to do is reach an area of certainty where you don't ever question, and those people are lying. Every one of them is lying. Each one of them that is certain except for my five <laughs> undeniable truths. Everybody who is 100% certain about what they believe is lying. We are human beings. We are going to question things. So I think sometimes when you see something like Billy's podcast, or if I get talking about stuff and people turn it off, I can see where people turn off my shows. It doesn't, it just shows me an average of where people clip off. I, I see it. And I understand that people don't want to go down there. Well, I'm not going to do that because I believe in abortion. There are people that are Christian that, that are fine with abortion people. They're not the people that are all over the radio. They're not the people that come banging down your door, but maybe those aren't the people that you really want to worship with. I don't care what gets you to the church. I just want you to go. And anybody that's in the church that says that they're looking for perfection, or looking for perfection is one thing. Expecting perfection is a whole nother. And then the church gets on its own judgmental butt and starts spinning around and spewing at people. There are people that love to be holier than thou in your church. And they go about and they run their mouths and then they make people in the church look bad. And you do the same thing. Every time you take a talking point from one of these cretins and spew it out and say, this is what... Christianity is, you're doing the same thing. You don't want me doing that to you. You don't want me going around saying that, well, every punk band that does this stuff is just nothing but devil-worshiping sinners. Yeah, there are people in the church that do that, but there are devil-worshiping sinners in punk music because they're everywhere. I mean, they're just everywhere. But just because I find one here doesn't mean I need to run off with it. We're doing that a lot in our society these days. We're doing that a lot. We find one person that does this thing, and that means all of them do it. One person acts out and does this at school, all of them do it. Well, the statistics show that it's not. It's like 50 No, that's not what I saw on the Twitters. Don't do it. I saw it, something funny the other day. I thought it was actually really kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a decent example of this. It's, 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 I've got some really close friends. We all have a, um, we have a, uh, um, um, what are you calling it? 
what's it called when you get a text text message group text message good god where it is like 99% memes right somebody said something the other day and it was really funny it was talking about you know you probably saw it it's passed all over facebook and it was like um uh, the Catholic Church was like, uh, you can eat eggs on Friday during Lent. And it's like, well, why Why is that? Isn't that meat? Oh, no, because it's not born yet. So as long as it's not born yet, it's not really a thing. It's like, yes, that's correct. Wait a minute. And it's, you know, gotcha, gotcha on the abortion debate. It's like, all right. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Second, um, that's people. That's that's my point. That's That's my point. Yeah, I mean, so, but just in case you're wondering, <laughs> let me, before I keep saying that's my point, let me explain a couple of things. The Catholic Church does that because they, the whole thing is actually about not eating flesh. That That's the reason they pick it. I also think it's weird. It's not, I, I don't understand that. I also know it's not that big of a deal. I also know that's something the church kind of put together. I don't think, again, we can go down this road. And there are people that look at it and it's like, well, no, Chad, because when I follow the, all right, that's fine. You keep following the whatever the fudge. I'm, I'm doing my thing i'm praying and i'm I'm getting out okay <laughs> i'm here i'm here now i will tell you i do have a very personal relationship with my faith and, and what i mean by that is that i you will never hear me try to impose my my thoughts wills or belief on you you'll never hear me say oh you should cut that out i mean if i do it's because i believe it whether that's rooted in my faith or not you know it doesn't matter some some of the stuff is some of it's just that chad doesn't think that's very smart so I, I I don't really go and, and wear a lot of it on my sleeve. But I will tell you that my point with that is there we there we go. There are both sides going right there. Right? First of all, it's kind of dumb, Catholics. It, it is kind of dumb. It, no, no offense. I don't mean to rip on you, but it's kind of a dumb and weird rule. And, and, and for the people that are so judgmental about some things, you want to take some extra hard stance. Yeah, you got to understand, you go get some extra hard criticism. That's the way it is. To the people levy, levying the, the criticism, it's really easy from the cheap seats, man. It's real easy. I'm sorry you haven't gotten your way with the way the government's been working. Go talk to your political leaders. They've been letting you down. It's not the church's fault that they have their stance. Let them have their stance. You don't have to go to the church. It's leaked into your government. Turn around and look at your government officials. I've talked about this. I was screaming about it 20 years ago. I was screaming about it 10 years ago. And when it finally happened, I quit screaming. I just told all of you I told you so. Democrat leaders would not do anything with that. They would not codify it. Eight times they've held a supermajority. They just knew they were going to hold that carrot at the end of the stick. And now you're going to blame the Catholics? for? Come on, man. You got to look at who your gods are, man. Yeah. Let your political leaders run their political things. Vote for them. Try to get the people in office. Do the do the, do this though as well. Hold them accountable. When your people aren't doing anything, don't keep them there for thirty freaking years. That's a lesson for all of us. All of us, both sides. Don't you start getting smarmy, Republicans. Man, I go all day on y'all. And just to for my libertarian brothers and sisters, you, you haven't ever done anything. So just stop it. I mean, ever since the you know. Whole revolutionary war thing, but still, still, I, I I bring all this up because I I think sometimes we we like to um, look at the things we see in religion and laugh at it and go about our way rather than look at it and say, does a piece of this fit to me? Now, religious leaders don't want you to to hear that either, and and I, I and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I understand that, but that people don't like me saying that. Maybe you don't want to go full on into some religion. Maybe you don't believe that everything that these people stand for is something. But I, I will challenge you to this. If you feel like there's a part of your life that needs something, maybe the answer for it can be found in a part of You are never going to find a religion. You are never going to find a religion that is not going to have you questioning, that is not going to have you doubting, and that is not going to make you feel sometimes like a failure because of the standards you may be setting for yourself or for it. Because that's not the goal of religion. That's never been. We have said that's what it is. It's supposed to be the answer. Now, inside religion, people will tell you where the answer may lie. But they can't tell you what it is. 
That's a story for another day. There's a part of me that wants to apologize if I've ever been a part, which I don't think I have. But again, the jaded seat that I that I that I sit in. But I'm sorry if I haven't done that enough because I'll tell you the thing about Billy's show that really really hit me hard. I'm really bad at that. I I have I have an opportunity to probably be a little bit more evangelical than I am and I don't do it. I'm not good at it. But it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to stop. And I know there are people out there in the congregation that do their stupid stuff, and I just roll my eyes, and I'm like, man, I hate the people that are going to see that. Yet I give them nothing to see on the other side. <sighs> but Billy did. And I'm proud to say that he's a friend. I'm, I'm very proud of, of this work that he's done, and it's, it's something that I think he's going to continue for a while. If you're someone who uh, is really interested in Christianity, if you're someone who is Christian, if you're someone who uh, wants to find out more or, or listen to some topics that are going on, right, a very topical show, very topical show, very well done, and and very um, holds the mirror up to the religious community, does a great job with it. Um, I, I would, I would, it would invite you to go check out Billy's show wherever you can find it. Beauty in the breakdown. Uh, I would please go find it and at least just listen to the first show. If you're not Christian, if it's not something that you want to do, I get it. I'm not forcing you to do it. There's not going to be a quiz at the end of this show. I'm not saying if you do go listen to it, it's going to turn your life around. I, I'm not making you these promises, but I bet if you go listen to Billy's show, you'll find something that you haven't seen. And that's people that are devoutly Christian that think just like you. It's weird, right? We can exist in the same room. I'll give you. I'll give you something. I'll give you something about my church. I'll tell you something about the church that I go to um, that I don't like, but we exist in the same room. Um, I love. My, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to name my church. No disrespect, but I also know how it is being a preacher's kid. You know, my dad. I'll tell you all this. My dad will still to this day. He goes out somewhere in the community. Down in, he lives down in Merle's Inlet. Man, there's seafood everywhere down there. Some of the best seafood on the eastern seaboard is in Merle's Inlet. I'll go out with my dad. You want to get a beer? Yeah, let's get a beer. And we'll get it. And my dad, even if it doesn't come in a draft, he's like, you got like a, you got like a plastic cup or something I can put this in? Still to this day. My dad's retired. He's a retired minister. I don't think you don't mind me saying this. but But growing up, if my dad, if the wrong person saw my dad having a drink, they would start some wild rumor about it. Yes, the congregation comes after the preacher too. Let me tell you how they've. I've got stories of how they've come out after the preacher's kid. They went limping back <laughs> when they did. But I, I, I think that. You know, sometimes you, you've got you got to realize that there's there's stuff there that that people are always going to jump all over and, and where they you know just don't agree with. Anyway, my point was the uh, the preacher and, and everybody. I, I'm not associating them with my show. I haven't been going to that church that long. They're actually based out of the Southern Baptist Church, which is not something I'm 100 percent on board with. But I like this church, and my preacher is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. God, he is a, he is a one of the best I have ever heard. Week after week. Knocking it out of the park. Guy's got his head on. He's got his heart in the right place. God just he's, he's, he makes it known who he is. I'm so amazed at, at what he does. And for this season of my life, perfect. Perfect. Exactly what I need. Kicking the pants where I needed it. Diving into theology. This is what it reads, but this is what it means. Love it. In this church, they have this thing that they do at communion. My wife is on board with this. And when they serve communion, they do this thing, and it's it's I mean, I really respect it, and I, I completely understand it. And they get up there and they say, All right, we're gonna have communion. And we ask that you come up here. But but we want we just want you to know we we really reserve this as a as a very holy and ritualistic expression towards towards God. And if you're if you fully believe 
If you're at that point in your life, we ask for you to come up. If, if you're not, we ask that you don't. We really want to hold this kind of sacred. The Catholics will do this too. If you are not Catholic, they will not serve you communion. You can get a blessing, but they don't want you to take communion. It's because they want to hold that for their own sect. I'm not quite sure what they're doing with it. Like you have to take these classes and stuff. I, and there was a time period I was about to turn Catholic, and it just that was just crazy, the stuff that I learned. Nothing against Catholics. It's just a little bit off for me. But I understand that it's the same thing. You've got these, these different groups that look at this one. They see this thing that we're doing here. And it's not, it's just not for it, it's just for a time for us to show and and invisibly show an act towards God here in this church that this is something we hold sacred. We please just ask that if you don't. But if you do, if you do want to learn more about God, if you do want to find out where you are, if you do if you do feel confused and want to know which way to walk, we've got people here on the side. You don't have to go to the back of the church, just over here on the side. You can go and talk with them. They'll pray with you. They'll, talk to you. They'll tell you a couple of things to think about and maybe where to start to, to look and begin. And, the, they, you know, our church has this thing called Stephen Ministers where they will um, – you call them up, they'll meet you for lunch and just say, like, yeah, just where are you in your walk of faith? All right, I don't have all the answers for you, but let's let's just kind of mosey and tell me what works for you and what doesn't. It's really kind of a cool thing. The reason I bring this up is because I don't agree with them. I don't agree with them in their stance. I respect it. I'm not gonna try to change it. I guess not because I can't. Um, it's not, it's not a deal for me that I feel like I could go change. I don't know. Find this, the church's stance. This is what they, this is how they want to do communion. And I'm, I'm fine with that. The reason I feel that way is because it's not your table. My table doesn't belong to you. And that table belongs to a God that welcomes anybody to it. He doesn't have restrictions. And regulations. Oh, you you may in your doctrine, you may in the in the in the clauses that you've put together throughout the years, but but I, I don't know that Jesus really refused to ever to really break bread with anybody. I think everybody's welcome at that table. My grandfather was a really hard man. He was a tough, tough guy. He um was a really harsh dad. But he was a wonderful grandfather to me. I was the oldest grandchild on that side of the family, and and I got to know him um, probably in a way that few others did, uh, because in this in the last part of his life, um, I was getting into my twenties, and he uh, he didn't have many years left. My dad tells a story though that I've mentioned before on here, but I, w- I want to tell it again, uh, that my grandfather died. He had lung cancer and it was very, it was very harsh. And it was, we, we didn't really balance it the way we should. We didn't call in hospice when we did, by the way, it is where I started. It is what really kind of pushed me towards doing my work in, in hospice. And, um, because of that, it was long and drawn out and very painful. My dad noticed something about my grandfather. My grandfather was real big on going to church. Oh, you were going to church. Hey, that was that was that was going to happen. But my dad noticed that my grandfather never took communion. Never. My dad was in his his 50s. Maybe even his 60s, I can't remember. When my grandfather died, and he he finally asked him on one of those last few days while my grandfather was lying in the hospital, he said, Dad, I want to ask you something. Why did you never take communion? My grandfather just simply said, because I never felt like I was worthy of it. God didn't make my grandfather feel that way. There's a lot of healing we have to do in this country. There's a lot of healing that the world needs to do. We've gone from pushing towards healing towards being divided, and it's because of people that want power and people that want control, and then you've got your lemmings that will follow them, and people will believe there's more hatred in the world because the people that they think are trying to heal are just trying to profit off of that, and it's it's getting very confusing 
for people to understand where the good stuff is. I don't have the answers for you. I'm not someone who can pull out a Bible and walk you through it and tell you where it is. And to a lot of people's chagrin, I will also tell you, I don't know if the Bible is going to have those answers for you. I don't. But I can tell you that Billy's podcast has got some of that. I can tell you that that's a place you can go to listen to something that is probably going to put a smile on your face, make you feel a little bit better about the world, and see that we're uh, there's a lot of us that are just trying to come to the table with everybody else. We're not trying to preach. We're not trying to take over. We're not trying to change your life. We're just trying to be there with you. So when all hell breaks loose, you've got somebody from all different walks there with you saying, hey, we're all on the same page. We're here with you. There is an open seat at Billy's table. I don't care who you are or where you are in in your life or what you've done or where you feel like you are in your faith or anything like that. That table is open. Billy didn't ask me to do any of this. As a matter of fact, I I probably should have asked him for permission. But before we get back to the to the the you know the, all the interviews and the comedians and the Don Merkel songs about murder, I, I I wanted to take at least some of my time and and point you towards that show. Listen to the first ten minutes. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. Listen to the first 10 minutes and, and hear where Billy's going. Please understand that there are people out there that are not like everybody else you see, just like in whatever group you're in, whether it's your race, whether it's your religion, whether it's your freaking football team, except for the people that pull for the commanders, whether it's you know your what, 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 what state you're from, what part of the country you're from, what country you're from, that not everybody is just like everyone else not because there are a couple of bad actors or a lot of bad actors it doesn't mean that everyone is that same just because the westboro baptist church is a bunch of punks doesn't mean the first united methodist church downtown is either it's the same thing and i tell you what you want to go ahead with that conversation and start with well the bulk of the percentage of those is you meet me at the bar i'll have that discussion with you but do me a favor before you meet me there listen billy show Listen to Billy's show, because I'm going to tell you, there's probably a little bit there that'll make you feel better about what's out there. I just, just do me a favor, take 10 minutes. But um, don't forget to come back here when you're done. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show any support is greatly appreciated if you'd like to drop us a line send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com thanks for coming in see you next week this podcast is part of a local bar media For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.